0: I slept through the end. I didn't know.
1: Yeah. I didn't and know. You got told that You got told that a lot of times. So. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know. <laughs> Did
0: you guys watch it?
1: Did I haven't get, it yet. I really uh, want to now, though. I'm actually more interested now that I found out that it's fake than well, I was. I was actually was suspect
0: because I'm watching it, and they pulled up this, this Medusa made in bronze, and I just was like, that is an incredible piece made with su- like modern technology. There's no way- well, obviously, there was a way that they did this stuff in antiquity. But this piece they pulled up was incredible. And you'll see it ultimately if you see the show. And then the the initial thing was this guy said, oh, well, well I was watching YouTube. And it showed this, these villagers pull up this this beautiful sculpture. And it was, a, it was a, a monkey. And the first thing I said was, that does not suit the time frame. There's was the first thing I said. I'm like, that thing looks too kind of – it looks – to modern age, this monkey that... So I was suspect, but I just, I, I totally believed it because I was like, well, like, <laughs> this, this can't... I mean, I didn't even think it would be fake. It was just set up the It's so on the well.
1: TV. It's got to be real.
0: Exactly. Yeah. It's from Netflix. So I apologize to everybody. And, and I did preface it, honestly, with saying I kind of slept halfway through it. I got to go watch the end. And then after we, after we get off the podcast, Taylor goes, oh, that, that thing with Damien Hurst was totally fake. She goes, were you sleeping when they pulled up the Mickey Mouse? I was like,
1: what? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, they pulled up a Mickey Mouse
0: covered with coral. I'm like,
1: oh. So what's funny, though, and I don't know if this is – maybe it was derivative of this or something, but um, there's a wreck, a, a shipwreck in – they talked about this on the No Dumb Questions podcast recently. There's a shipwreck somewhere in the Mediterranean, and they it was a very similar story where they found this thing and then found that it was part of this larger shipwreck, and there's tons of artwork down there there's there's like this there's science devices from the time and there's sculpture and all this stuff at the bottom of the ocean or bottom of the, I guess it's the Mediterranean Sea and so the Greek government is now in charge of excavating this whole thing and they've been pulling up all of these really wild but wow. legit sculptures and so when you were talking about the story I'm like it's not the same thing but you know if there's one that's real maybe this one's real turns out it's not <laughs> yeah but now I'm, I want to watch it just to see the Mickey Mouse being pulled out of the
0: shipwreck <laughs> So yeah, so. I apologize to everybody. I've gotten a few emails. And some people hate Damien Hirst, so that just like, <laughs> mm-hmm. it nails it like, I can't believe I was duped by that particular person.
1: See, I've never even heard of him. So when you were talking about yeah. it last week, I was like, oh, it must be somebody famous that I'm not aware of or something.
0: Yeah, yeah, he's famous. He's just a very controversial artist. Actually, my, I'll tell you my quick Damien Hirst story, which is kind of art-related. In the early 90s, I worked at a toy company and I I was a freelancer there for many years. So I was, I was like kind of always behind the scenes with everything they were working on. And we used to license from a company in England called Bluebird. We used to license a a visible man. It was a sculpture of a man and you could pull his lungs and heart out and his brain. And it was half Mm -hmm. the body was, was a skin. It had no arms and it was on this pedestal. And I had to make the packaging for it, so I fully intimately knew exactly the shape of it. I actually made the vacuum form tray and I designed the, the construction of the package for it in like 1992. And and one day I was walking through Manhattan, and on the cover of Art Forum was this exact same sculpture of the Visible Man. This is like in 1994. And I pull the magazine down. And I look. I'm like, that's the the thing that Bluebird sells us to sell in America. So somebody in England made it. And I'm looking at it. I'm like, "This is." And I'm like, "Oh wow! It's like a 25 foot tall sculpture, maybe 30 foot tall sculpture, all made in bronze, made by Damien Hirst." So I buy the magazine. It's like a $12 magazine, and I bring it to the guy I was working for. I was like, "Look." He goes, "That's the thing we buy from Bluebird. Why is it on the cover of Art Magazine?" I go, "Damien Hirst crew went and bought it at the toy store in England, and then just duplicated it large in bronze. It's worth like a half a million, or, you know, probably two million dollars." And he. Did some behind-the-scenes work. Called, got a lawyer to call the Damien Hurst thing. And the according to the laws of England, the guy who sculpted it owned the rights to it. The guy, who, the, the artist who they hired to sculpt the actual shape. So he got compensation from Damien Hurst. They're just like, oh, okay. How much you want? And they, I think they gave him 50000 $50, dollars. because I was walking through, you know, Manhattan and saw it at a, on an art magazine. So I was the the link to connect. So that's my my brush with Damien Hurst in the '90s.
1: He's gonna be mad if he finds out about that. Yeah. (laughs) So he basically just went to the toy (laughs) store. Jimmy the guy (laughs)
0: picked up some pop art. You know, he made it into pop art. You know, picked up it was a it was an anatomy sculpture of a man because the company I worked for kind of was half toys, half science. And what a lot of people don't realize is toy companies license products to each other all the time behind the scenes. Europe, you know, we sell we used to sell a lot of European stuff. And vice versa, we'd license stuff back to European companies. So that's my brush with fame.
1: Huh. (laughs) Um, Have you ever seen the artist, and I was trying to find his name real quick and I can't find it, but he does these, um, he does that same process of like a clear skin where you can see the guts and stuff on the inside, but he does it of like cartoon animals and cartoon characters. Oh, yeah. Uh, I've seen that somewhere. I follow him on Twitter. Um, I I can't think of his name. The gummy fetus guy. They're super cool. One of my favorite ones is he he takes a balloon animal dog, you know, like the shape of a dog, balloon animal, but makes it so that it has, like, stuff on the inside of it. its They're really cool. I know he's got, like, a Homer Simpson one, and uh, I think maybe Mickey Mouse. They're really cool. But I was pulling up the Visible Man toy, and I had this same thing when I was a kid. I mean, they are they've been around since... It looks like uh, maybe the early early fifties or something. Yeah, this
0: particular one we did was a torso, so it had no arms, kind of like the the Venus de Milo, and it had no legs. So its legs were just below the crotch, were cut off on a little pedestal, and the little black pedestal had like a kind of a trapezoidal shape. And that's the one that Damien Hurst did, and it was exactly the same as the the ten inch one we had. It made in blow molded rubber, rotomolded rubber. That's cool. Yeah. So all the parts come out of like one half. You could see like the skin goes down, you know, bisects laterally through the nose.
2: There's, this is, sorry, go ahead. Jason Freeney is his name, by the way. Ah, and okay. um, he does, he, he, he does all kinds of like, he has, he sells these toys and then he has posters and, and different things you can buy. It's just really, really cool stuff. So go ahead.
1: Awesome. Yeah. Um, it's not really – it's kind of related. It turns out my kids have a book um, that's kind of based on the same, you know, where you can see the different layers of the stuff inside of something. But it's a shark. So the the whole book, when you look at the front of the book, there's a three-dimensional, like, half of a shark sticking out of the book with a clear skin over it. But you can see all the different systems within the shark from the front of the book. And then as you turn the pages, you're peeling away a three-dimensional oh, yeah. piece Of the, you know, so you're pulling out a certain set of organs, and the next page you're pulling out the skeleton, not skeleton, but you know, you're pulling out these different things. It's a really cool way to be able to see, to like flip through a three dimensional body of something. Mm. So I don't know if they've ever done anything like that with a human, but it's basically the same thing, except that you can kind of peel it away piece by piece in three dimensions. Anyway, I don't know (laughs) how we got to that. But. Well, what's going on? What have you guys been? Uh, what have you been up to? You have people in your shop today, right, Jimmy?
0: Yes, I have the guys from ShopBot. Chris and Richard are there setting up my big ShopBot unit, and it was a hectic morning getting started. That's why I'm a little late. I apologize, but uh, everything's in order. They seem to be on autopilot for a little bit. They won't be needing me until we're done, and then I have an electrician coming today at about one thirty. He's going to try and set the unit up, connect it to the building. So it's uh, it's exciting. I can't wait to process one full sheet of plywood. So I'm going to be coming up with full sheet plywood projects and ideas. I have some sign work ready to go. Some uh, and The last couple of pieces of, of stuff I made, on uh, I made that, that killer sign. I made mm-hmm. the whole thing on the CNC, but in two pieces because it only fit on my desktop that big. So now I'll be able to process bigger pieces of plastic and material. So it's exciting. And, oh, you know, I had this, like, rush job, which I just finished. I have a full video shot for it and everything I have to edit. But... I got this rush job on Thursday morning. You guys ever heard Above and Beyond? Above and Beyond is like a DJ crew. They played at the Barclay Center. And so me and Alana, my connection at the Barclay... She's like, what can you make for these guys? They have this big thing called push the button. So I came up with a sign that says push the button. I That graphic I I totally came up because they don't have a graphic for it because people come to their shows holding up posters that say push the button. So I made their logo, which I was going through the images and I realized I screwed it up. I glued it together wrong. I was looking at – I was making it so fast and – I glued the above and the beyond this isn't doesn't matter at all but i glued it like in relationship to the amber sand i glued it wrong but they didn't seem to care because they were holding it up in pictures they're real proud of it and uh, cool. so that hit the button graphic i came up with she said go for it and then she's like can it light up and i was like Ugh. i was hoping she didn't want <laughs> i was like yeah it could light up just and, and she threw like some more money in the pot i was like Okay, we'll make it light up. So it went from being just like a solid flat piece of wood to being like a full-on three-dimensional plastic, electric, light plastic sign with a screw on back so they could change the batteries. And I found this flashlight at Home Depot, which takes a charger, you know, so... It's uh, it ended up coming out good, and they, she sent me a message Saturday. And I delivered it Saturday afternoon. Saturday night, I got an email from her. She's like, "They're going to take it on stage," and they were, they showed. She sent me pictures of them playing with it, and they seemed really like really curious and excited about it. So cool. that was fun. Hopefully, it lasted. I said, "Ugh, they're taking it on stage." I was like, "Oh God, no, it's going to break." <laughs> but, <laughs> as I handed her the boxes, and was, I made these shipping crates for me. I go, don't forget, this is all handmade in the last day. So you know, give me a little uh, bit of. Um, but now they seem real happy with it, and it was a great accomplishment. So, the video will be out this next couple days. That was nice. fun. So that's it. That in the shop, bot that's my newest news. Um,
1: you have a new machine too, David. I do. Oh yeah. I do. It's 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 right over
2: there. I don't know if you can see that, but uh, I got a new on the white ult- corner. <laughs> got the Ultimaker three three D printer, and uh, I'm not sure what well, my first project is going to be on it I, I i got it all set up i did the calibration i printed the little test robot so we're we're good to go and i think uh, i don't know if we talked about this on the podcast i know you and i talked about it bob but um i want to gut my midi keyboard like a piano keyboard um remove the plastic make wood sides and a top and cut parts of it on the laser um and i wanted to make some non-slip rubber feet for the bottom so i wanted to 3d print that and then bob's like you should make the knobs with that too so um, that's something i'm going to going to work on and and uh, yeah i'm going to start i think i'm going to start simple um, yeah. with like one solid pieces not you know the complicated stuff that you do bob where you're putting things together and things are fitting i i think i just need to dive in and start with something solid and simple
1: yeah I think it's like a 3D printing is one of those things for me it was at least where I tried to start too complicated and there are so many well this sounds negative when I say it I don't mean for it to but there are so many potential points of failure in 3D printing that if you start with you know by doing something complicated you're adding a bunch of variables And if something goes wrong, then you're just like, oh, this never works. You get that feeling, right? (laughs) Mm. So, but if you start with something simple and you get some wins, you get like some really good quality, simple prints that are functional, then you're more motivated to continue to do it. And, you know, uh, and then things can get more complicated as you understand the pitfalls and you work around them. So, yeah, I mean, I I think that's a good way to go about it. Especially, you know, just find some stuff like, I don't know, you need a new pencil holder on your desk, like just make a cup. And just print out a cup for pencils or something, because that's something that then every time you look at it, you're going to be like, "Oh yeah, the 3D printer can be useful." You know, if I mm-hmm. if I just pick a thing and like make that thing and it works, then it, it's some positive reinforcement.
2: I think where I um, even making that that cup, that's a that's a simple thing. It's it's a one one. One piece now when I make that where I get where it gets complicated in my head is is it solid are the walls solid or am I do I need to make it so the walls are, are hollow so I'm not using as much filament yeah. and it's not as heavy and it's you know like where where do I draw the line of solid versus and I don't even know what you call it like the honeycomb inside
1: yeah, so that's called an infill infill. So okay. yeah when you're when you're modeling something you don't have to really worry about that. So in the modeling process just make the outer shape that you want. And so when you export and as long as it's a closed they what they'll, they'll call watertight once it's a watertight object, meaning it has no holes in it, you know it's a solid thing like a cup obviously has a hole in the top. that's not what I'm talking about. I mean like the walls are solid all the way around. it mm-hmm. would hold water. So once you've got that, that's what you need to worry about in the modeling process and once you've got that you export that as an STL file or some other file type and then you bring it into your slicing software and you probably will use Cura because that's made by Ultimaker and that's what I use for the most part it's dead simple works great Um, and when you have it in there that's when you set how thick you want the layers to be printed Uh, so the how how clean, how smooth the outside of the print will be. That's the layer height. Mm -hmm. Uh, You have infill settings, which is how dense the internal structure of that object will be. And there's different reasons why you would want it to be really dense or different reasons why you would want it to be really thin. Um, But for something like that, that's not going to take any load and you're not going to crush it by like you're not going to be, you know, banging it into another cup or something it can be really low infill. And especially if the walls are really thin, there's not going to be much space inside the two, the inside and the outside of the cup for infill to go. So you don't even have to worry about it being super dense because there's just not that much space in there. Mm. So, you know, and that's one of those things you'll just have to experiment with what 10% even means. Like I can tell you 10%, but you don't have any idea what that is going to look like until you do it and you see, oh, that's 10. And then you print one at 15 and you're like, I can see the difference. Mm. And so a good thing to do while you're printing something like that, don't wait till the print is finished to take a look at it. Let it get, you know, halfway through or something. And then like look at it while it's still open on the top. And you can see that infill in there and you can see how dense of a structure is being created. And then you get an idea of like that, what that looks like right now is 10%. And so the next time do 20 and then look at the difference, and then, you know you'll start to get an idea of how much is inside, how strong it's going to be, and, and stuff like that. And those are the things that you really just have to print. Several things. Whoa, there, buddy! What you doing? Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. He got bored. I was talking 3D printing, and Jimmy's like, "Oh, what? Blah 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 blah."
0: No, I just realized that a pouch of Trying to changed. help you. <laughs> no, I'm learning. I swear to God, I really am. Mm-hmm. I'm like,
1: mm-hmm. what did I say? What did I say? Say it all back to me right now. You said something oh, about man. filling it in. uh, Nailed it
0: (laughs) No, I really am, I'm sorry I'm just organizing my change, I forgot I wasn't on
1: mute I apologize to the world (laughs) Organizing his change See guys, he was totally listening (laughs) (laughs) Anyway The 3D printing stuff, honestly, I think there's just a fair amount of experimentation you have to do to get started Of course For things like that, you know, for figuring out what all those settings mean because when you look at it, there's going to be a billion settings there. And you're going to see like wall thickness and layer height and, you know, second layer height and all this craziness. And most of it, you don't even have to worry about at all to get started. But eventually, as you get more comfortable with it and you want to fine tune things, that's the stuff you'll start having to kind of mm-hmm. figure out. Just
2: So what you're saying is just dive in, yeah, mess some things up and learn yeah. from it. Yeah. But what, the
0: the, defa- what is the other machine, you, the one you have, the, the, that re- prints from a resin going up?
1: Uh, well, hang on. Uh, the, so the defaults that will come in Cura are perfectly good to start with. So just start there. Okay. Don't try to go in and, like, mess with stuff. Just start there. Gotcha. Um, the one that, so I have an SLA printer, which is stereolithography. <laughs> stereo, wow, that's hard to say in the morning. Stereolithography. Um, and that's a Form 1 is the one that I have. And there's quite a few of them now do okay. that same
0: form kind of form one that's what i was thinking
1: yeah form what Labs does the, the a company? stand for sla uh, awesome oh okay. i can't remember <laughs> yeah <laughs> i don't know <laughs> i don't remember actually that's a good question we'll find out some i'm sure somebody will tell us somebody you can google email it, it.
0: Give, it yeah. give us that answer
1: yeah jimmy ask me a question about 3d printing something that you actually want to know and i may not have the answer i'm not claiming to have the answers but we got to get you interested, because I know you don't even care.
0: Is 3D printing useful? Yes, of Mm. course. I'm just joking. No, I I honestly, (laughs) I'm totally kidding. I do, you know, the more time goes on, I see people doing test prints. For instance, somebody, we we were in a little Twitter conversation last night, Dave, um, and somebody tweeted, hey, you know, for instance, your knuckle duster, you could take that model and do like a little 3D printout. and, And that's one thing that's starting to intrigue me. For instance, I did something for this knife guy. I made like this, these hands that, that hold knives uh, for the, for browse knives. And he sent me the knives he wanted to use in the display. And he sent me one of them was 3d printed. It was just, it was like a straight up, like, you know, this big dangerous knife he was going to ultimately make, but it was made in plastic. He goes, I'm sorry for the 3d printing. He goes, but that's the shape and size because that's what we do here. And like, when I saw that, I was like, ah, I can experiment. Yeah. I can 3d print. Remember that S spoke spinny wheel I was going to make. I still want to do that. I've been having trouble with my uh, my tormach, but uh, last night actually the, the guys from the guys from uh, uh, shopbot came last evening while I was in the process of engraving ice picks out in the garage and I kept having trouble like my my machine keeps going to reset and we, they helped me troubleshoot some stuff which could potentially be the problem. Uh, the rats chewing on the wires is absolutely something I was able to figure out on my own, but this other stuff, <laughs> wow. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, rats chew on my, my wires for my computer, so that's not good. But I was able to fix that. Um, but uh, so seeing more people using 3D printing for a means to an end as opposed to jumping straight into, a you know, yeah. cutting a chunk of aluminum or a chunk of brass, and that makes me definitely more intrigued. Now I start to see, like, how I could use it in my workflow. So... That's definitely a legit thing. Prior to that, like when I first opened up that browse knife box and I saw the one knife printed in three D, I was like, "Oh!" And that's yeah. what the person told us last night on Twitter. Um, yeah, so I, I think it's just a matter of time. You know, I, I have my laser now. I'm going to have my my CNCs set up. I got my 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 plasma table. So I'm like full on CNC man. So I think it's a it's natural. That's going to be my new name, the CNC man cnc man <laughs> give me cnc the do it so i, I do that's not in. classic that's new to of, by the way that's, that's funny uh, for to resta <laughs> we
2: were flipping through youtube videos on uh, on the tv and your video came up i think it was the the sharpie one and it, it started playing it could have been something else i can't remember exactly and then kelly's like Classic Duresta. I'm like, oh, yeah, she
0: listens <laughs> to the podcast. Uh, <laughs> That's funny. I, I've been getting a lot of
1: that. I honestly don't think anything is different. But who am I to say? It, well, no, you're wrong. Stuff you know what is it, different. Brett called it, it out. It is different, but it's I'm different. David's different. We're all different. If yeah, you're no. not different, then, like, good grief, man. No, I but mean, I'm
0: saying, like, I don't think anything's different from, like, seven years ago to now. But Brett said, no, for a while that you were making longer videos. Now you're back to making the quick short ones. And... Well, I mean, it wasn't really a conscious decision, but lately, and Ben Ueda says all the time, the video calls for the length, and it is what it's going to be. You can't stretch it out any longer. And, you know, so if it's seven minutes of material, then it's seven minutes of material. You can't take that and make it ten minutes, you go ruin the video. So lately I've been coming up with these kind of short, quick builds, and I guess that's classic duresta. And Brett called that out. He's like, you know, it seems more classic because they're just shorter more often. Hmm. But... This, uh, you know, the next couple builds might be longer, but whatever. Go back to new durista Sorry.
1: (laughs) I'm waiting for cherry, cherry cherry-flavored durista That's what I want.
0: Oh, we're working on that in the lab. Nice. Mm,
1: (laughs) In the lab. (laughs) Um, So the past couple weeks, we've had kind of maybe heavy-ish topics because, you know, stuff. Oh, actually, before we talk about what we're going to talk about today, which hopefully is not quite as heavy, um... I wanted to, to swing back to last week and I was talking about overthinking. So, remember I said I was going to make this transformer gun? Mm-hmm. Do you remember me saying that? Yeah. Okay. And I said, like, I didn't really have a lot of plan. I was just going to go in and do it. And, okay, so in the last week, here's what happened. I went into the shop with a very vague idea of, actually, I sent Josh, hey, I need these size pipes. Told him, like, a bunch of pipes. He went to the store, got some pipe, came back. I used one of the pipes that he got because I did not fully plan it, so he bought a bunch of stuff we didn't need. I went in, started making it, and just tried to, like, power through it. And, like, here's the general shape and size. Started putting the pieces together. Put in maybe, I don't know, three hours of work, and it just did not work. Like, Mm. I, it for me to continue down that path would have been – it would have been more trying to fix problems than making progress. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like I would have been trying to like put this square thing in a round hole and it just didn't, it was really weird because after having that whole conversation about overthinking and trying as an experiment to not overthink it, you know, or not plant, maybe I need to stop using overthinking mm-hmm. to not fully plan it. I tried to like, you know, let's just wing it. Let's, it'll be fun. And it was awful. I hated it. <laughs> I hated it. And it didn't work. And so I stepped back from the whole thing and said, like, the tried. I, fa- I figured out why it wasn't working. Like, visually, the scale was wrong. I wasn't going to be able to get the scale with the pieces that I had, the, the relationship of scale with the pieces I had. So I was like, I'm going to go back and 3D model this as a way uh, to have the scale correct. You know, so I can make this tiny little four inch gun, four feet long, I'm gonna model it, and then I can go into the model and I can measure, this piece needs to be this long, and then I can make it that way. And so I spent, I've been modeling this thing over several days, pieces at a time as I needed it, but the modeling process has been so much better because I've learned a bunch of new fusion stuff in getting this thing modeled. I have this this gun, which you guys can see, it's this, and I've got this thing oh, wow. modeled at four feet. And it looks just like this, and it's so gratifying to get, like, you know, like, th- that's it. That's what I wanted. That was the goal, to get this thing and not So to you be, were going to
0: freestyle that originally, just shape and gonna, size?
1: Yeah. So I was going to take these big cylinders and use pipe for the, like, um, PVC pipe. Mm-hmm. But what I started with, the scale to that size of pipe, which was the fixed item, you know, when you buy yeah. a thing from the store, that's your fixed item, and you have to work around that. The scale was wrong in relation to that. Right. and so that just threw the entire thing off, so what well, anyway. you're
0: holding up is an actual toy from the toy company,
1: yes, okay, yeah. so
0: I saw the screw boss, so I was making sure that wasn't when you made it.
1: no no, no, that's yeah. yeah, that's the one, and so basically, what I did is I took a photo of this from directly on top of it, brought that into fusion and i and I did it on my cutting mat, so there's a a scale, there's a measurements next to it, brought that into fusion, and then worked on top of that photo, so i'm I'm drawing out exactly the shapes that are there and the it was just i don't know it's so much better to model it you know i I learned a bunch of stuff i I ended up with a better product. It took me less time overall, and then I had the model, and I was like, I'm not gonna waste the time to try to recreate these perfect measurements with foam and with you know whatever I'm just going to three d print this thing mm-hmm. so for a week, <laughs> I've been three d printing huge pieces, huge pieces. And I've gone through so much plastic, but this thing looks awesome.
0: <laughs> is that that thing you said? Guess what this is? It was like it all covered with like red filler. Yeah, yeah, that
1: was just the very, the very end of it, like the right at the muzzle. It's huge. It's gonna be so cool. And I don't know, people may complain because it's the most of it is three D printed, but I don't care because it's exactly the thing that I wanted. Like the, the final product is what I wanted whereas if I had tried to be more diverse in the construction like if I'd tried to use things that more people had access to it would have ended up looking worse in the end mm-hmm.
0: wouldn't have and been so quite that, as accurate as you wanted it to
1: yeah yeah not at all and so I think would have looked like for a freshman me, project yeah very much it would have looked like something I would not I would have not been proud of
0: mm-hmm.
1: which would have ruined you know, kind of back ruined every part of the process. Mm, Like I would have, I would have gotten to the end of it and been like, man, so much work. I don't like it. I don't like the fact that I went that long, not liking it, you know? So it, it was kind of interesting because it dawned on me that I was trying to, I was trying to do a few things that I really didn't have to worry about. I was trying to be spontaneous or, or trying to not plan something when my natural, uh you know, what I naturally would have done would be to plan it out and to figure out how to do it the right way right up yep. front. I was trying to fight against my natural tendency. So I I need to not try to do that. I was also trying to, even though I knew it wouldn't turn out as good, I was trying to use materials and techniques that I knew more people would have access to. But that's that only works if it's not at the expense of the project. You know what I mean? Right.
0: That's, you didn't want to compromise the final result.
1: Yeah, yeah. So I don't know, I found some stuff out about myself and like my my motives there, which is kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, so it really turned out to be kind of less about, you know, getting the thing made and more. I mean, this past week has been more about me figuring out some stuff about why I'm doing things in certain <laughs> ways. And just accepting the fact that I need to plan things to be happy with the end result. That's yeah. how I work. And not everybody is that way. But I don't know, it was just kind of an interesting follow up to what we talked about last week. So
0: um, just one, one quick note, when you were talking about scaling it and being out of scale, when I have to scale something up and I don't have the means to do it within a computer, for instance, and that's a lot of times when I'm at the workshop and I don't have internet and I don't have my computer with me, usually it's in a separate place, I'll take, if I'm going to have a small object like you just held up that little replication of a gun, a little replica of a gun, I take a measurement of the height of a very specific spot, like the muzzle. Let's say that's mm-hmm. that's one centimeter. And I take that mark, let's say it's like a fraction of a centimeter, whatever it is, I just take a little tick piece of paper and make sure I know what does is. is. It doesn't matter what it is. Let's say that's X. And I see how many X's go across the length of it. So I take a very specific measurement in one direction, see how big it, how many of them fit in the other direction. And so then I scale it up. So I take a measurement. So let's just say I round it up to like, you know, X is 10 inches. It's 10 inches high by... If there's three across, 30 inches across. So then I scale it, I'm like, that's too big, let me bring it down to eight inches. So it's eight inches high by three times eight across.
1: Right, yeah. So,
0: and that's that's a, a very simple way of getting a, a quick scale of something mm-hmm. without a computer, without a pentagraph, mm-hmm. without, it's, you know, so you, that's it.
2: It's sort of like the, uh, the artist trick, where like if you're drawing um, a figure and they're in front of you posing, and you have your, you take your pencil, and yep. you, you hold it in front of you, and you're like, oh, their head is the size of the the ferrule, and right? And then you're right. gonna like, okay, now their shoulders are two and a half yeah.
0: ferrules wide. Exactly. Mm. I just constantly yeah. – and then – so that's my basic to get like a basic shape on the table. You know, if I'm going to say, for instance, blow up a logo, which is often what I'm doing. And, and then I also – if I'm going to hand draw that logo over again, just because I don't have means to blow it up. I don't have an overhead projector. And it's the kind of logo where if I hand draw it and it's a little off, it's not going to be the worst thing in the world. So – what I'll do is I'll just look for relationships. I know that it's this, you know, the letter A is this wide and, and I'll literally take a little tiny piece of paper or a business card and use a tick sheet, meaning like I'll use the corner of the business card and make a measurement and I'll see how many A's fit across the logo. So when I draw that A, if that A doesn't fit that many across the big logo, it's not right. So I just start making all these different relationships compared to the logo itself or whatever the object is within itself at small and make sure those relationships remain the same big. Hmm. So that's yeah, just that's a, a good, just, just a way of blowing stuff up. If you're just doing it without a computer or yeah, fusion, Bob, fusion.
2: <laughs> hey,
1: I'm digging fusion a lot, man.
2: So, um, going back to uh, real quick, the the overthinking things, and if you want to go into a deep dive of two people who overthink everything, there's a podcast <laughs> called Cortex with CDP oh. Gray <laughs> and Mike Hurley. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Like they do yep. time tracking of every single thing in their life. When it comes to email, they try out like every single application and it, everything is just they just so overthink everything. And yes, <laughs> to a point where yes. it's like this is hilarious. Like are you actually doing any work? But
1: it's it's a great podcast. Yeah. When I listen, I've listened to a few of those. It's been a while since I've heard any, but when I listen to that I feel like the Duresta of the group. I'm like, <laughs> wow, I am. No, I'm, I'm flying by the seat of my pants compared to these guys. Count so, change. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Play with the Zippo lighter. <laughs> so another thing about the, um, when I realized the scale was wrong as far as the, thing, the first version I tried to make. But another thing was that, like, there are certain shapes on this particular toy that I just don't have the skill set to recreate in Foam. And that was part of it. Like I tried, so there's these two cylinders. I know people who are listening can't see this, but there's two cylinders. And the transition between the cylinders is there's two different tapers. There's a a sharp one that comes down in one direction and a long one that comes down in the other direction. But there are definitive angles there. And when I tried to recreate that, I was trying to force a material into these shapes that just, like it's possible, totally possible. I just don't have the skill to do it yet like I wanted it to look. And so, you know, there's something to be said there for the practice. Like maybe I should have continued to practice on that material to be able to do the thing that I was trying to do. But when I look at the time scale of I'm giving myself a week to do this project, I'm already two or three days in and I've lost time to, you know, like, do I want to spend the time trying to figure out how to make that particular angle in foam, or do I want this whole thing done? And, you know, I don't think either one is right or wrong, but for me, in my time that I had allowed, it made a lot more sense for me to scrap what I had. And I actually still have it. I kept it so that at the end of the video, I can be like, look, it was going to look like this, but now it looks like this, you know? So, but it made more sense for me to be able to, to, to just Except scrapping a couple of days of work to mm-hmm. end up with a better result. So, I don't know. I just wanted to throw that out there. Since just we a good lesson in knowing
0: when to call it quits and just take yeah. a different route. That's all. Yeah. And yeah. About, among other reasons.
1: Yeah. Anyway, that was my thing for last week. Do we have a topic? For I think this we're out week? of time. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's like <laughs> 35 minutes in. So.
2: Uh, so, I was thinking this morning about... Uh, Habits, good habits, bad habits, how they affect what you do, good and bad. Um, maybe routines fall in that as well. I don't know where to begin, but
1: that's what okay. I have. What's your morning routine? What What's do you my- do? Your morning routine, like so, when you wake up from there to like when you are actively working. What else do you do? Um, so the uh
2: for puppy care, uh, then shower then make coffee, sit in front of the computer, take care of the important emails, and then it's whatever is planned for the day after that. And so that's a that's about a 45 minute routine right there.
1: Do you think anything in that routine I know this is not what you're talking about, but is yeah. there anything in that routine that that like um, that slows you down? Or that speeds you up? Like, Is there something about that routine that ma- that like pushes you into the day that makes it great? Or something that gets so, uh, in the way?
2: Definitely the, uh, the computer can be a distraction. Because when you sit down to answer an email, I'm like, I'm just going to check Twitter real quick. And then somebody posts a <laughs> link to something. I'm like, oh, yeah, I want to watch this video. And then I'm watching this video. And, and then I'm like, oh, yeah, it's lunchtime. Uh, I'm going to go. <laughs> I don't have any food here. I'm going to go get lunch. And then it's 2 o'clock before I start actual work. That's not actually the case but those are things that can happen it's the it's the computer stuff um and i've heard uh people say you know don't don't do the email thing in the morning uh um, ignore that but i don't want to ignore my the email um a lot of times i'm excited for email i'm still excited about when i get an email like (laughs) what what not uh, You're sick. I, You're sick. No. Good things happen in emails. Opportunities show up through email. So um yeah. A new sponsorship opportunity or or this uh events or whatever, those things happen through emails. And so I'm um, I'm always hopeful that another opportunity is going to be in my inbox waiting. That's it's like it has email has the potential to be Christmas. <laughs>
0: I totally okay. agree. Yeah, I 90, totally agree. Like I, I always open up email and be like, okay. Yeah. It's like rolling the dice. Like, yeah. Ah, 99% –
2: it's, yeah, it's nothing. going to Vegas. 99% of the
0: time, it's not. And it's yeah, – yeah. mm. <laughs> like, give me that sponsorship, baby. Oh. Yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, just more spam. No, no, yep. just more spam. All right, Jimmy, do you, what, what's your morning routine? Do you even have a routine? I feel like you're somebody who's every single morning – is entirely different.
0: I just wake up immediately, begin putting fires out. Now, I, uh, this morning we woke up and I got um, the first two, I lay in bed, I open my phone and the first two emails were, your Netflix password has been changed and your Netflix email has been changed. I was like, hmm. And I said to Taylor, because we fell asleep with Netflix on. I said, did, um, did you change? She's like, no. And she, she opens the iPad and doesn't go to Netflix, says, you know, you've been signed out. So the first 20 minutes this morning was on the phone with Netflix organizing somebody had hacked the account and then we opened the account up and then it's in Arabic. So there's like another 10 minutes of trying to figure out how to get the account back into, uh, yeah. English language. And sounds fun. Yeah. So, uh, now, now I'm like nervously waiting for everything else to get hacked because I don't know how they hacked. They go, oh, either they got your email or they would use some malware to get into the, uh, get your password. Anyway. So I'm anxiously waiting, finding out if anything else has been hacked. Uh, Uh, Usually I wake up, check my emails right away, usually walk the dog early, and then slowly go to the computer. A lot of times I'll review the edit that I was just doing the night before. That's like most of the time. Uh, First thing I do is I wake up and I review like the last little bit of editing I did just to see if I was crazy or if there's anything strikes me differently.
2: Can I I interrupt? Um, Here's a thing that I, I find myself doing a lot and it wastes a lot of time. But I can't stop doing it. Is I won't review. So I'll wake up and I like um, reviewing the edit that I did the night before because I feel like I'm starting with a fresh mind. But I won't review like the last like five minutes. I'll I need to start from the beginning and sometimes I do that. And even when I'm writing, if I'm writing, like I just won't go back and reread the last paragraph. I have to reread it from the beginning because I need to. I'm checking the flow of everything, and I just I can't get out of that. I'm just wondering if you do the same thing.
0: Yeah, no, totally. And that now I'm I'm doing my blog, uh, my my blog with a B. I'm gonna because I did a promotion for Wix and I told them I was gonna do a, a blog site. So I did one post so far. I will do more. I'm gonna try and do one a week, and it gives me it, that gives me some opportunity to really kind of sit down and think about. Okay, well, I'm gonna write a little 500 word paragraph about something. You know, I want to try and have it to be something worth reading. So now I'm thinking about that lately. And last night, uh, if the the shopbot guys weren't here. I spent a lot of time with them last night, just discussing technology and stuff. So I ended up kind of blowing my uh, my my blog to my blog time. I was going to write a paragraph last night, so I'll probably do that tonight. Um, my morning routine is: I wake up sometime around eight or nine. Sometimes later, if I go to sleep at five in the morning, I wake up at about ten, and. I start playing on the computer, play around a little bit. Brett usually gets to the shop before me. He gets things going. I, I jokingly said I wait for him to turn the heat on before I get there, and he's, he laughed when he heard that. He goes, I'm always waiting for you to get there. And so we're playing chicken who's going to get to the shop at 20 degrees first. <laughs> yeah, because <And>, uh, <laughs> um, yeah, uh, I, I live about four miles away. He lives about 20 miles away. so um, I usually get to the shop at around 10:30, 11 on, a, on an average day, and uh, but I – do bills in the morning sometimes. So I'm always dilly dallying and that's the winter routine. The summer routine is going to be different because we wake up and it's already nice outside and, you know, in the winter you wake up and you immediately say, how am I going to survive through this day? And I, like, that's kind of like survival instincts things kick in and you're like, how can I avoid doing this? How can I avoid going outside? How can I avoid working in the backyard? How can I avoid working on the tarmac? Cause it's in the cold. And uh, so that's, it, that's all changes with the weather changes. Go. Oh.
1: What about you, Bob? Um. Well, hang on. I had something about your email. Oh, real quick, and then okay. I'll talk about my routine. So you said that you know you you do all that. You. It sounds like you do like puppy stuff. Then you take care of yourself, right? You get coffee, take a shower, and all that, and then you sit down and email. But there's no like, there's nothing to stop you from doing email for any particular amount of time. So I don't know if this works for you, but when I've When I've run into stuff like that, I have to move that, that time that could go on forever up to something that is a hard stop. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So like, you know, like I always eat lunch around noon because I get really hungry and it's just not worth trying to extend it. So if I have something like that, that I need to do, I'll move it up to like, instead of doing it at nine in the morning and maybe it taking two hours, I'll move it up to 1130. That way I have about 30 minutes to fit it in and then my stomach's going to be like, you got to go eat for good email, you know? Mm -hmm. So maybe there's a way that you can do that. If, if that always kind of drifts and just creeps out, maybe you can push it up to something else.
2: I I will say that. um, So I have my two most creative periods in the day are in the morning and late at night, early morning, late at night. That's, Mm -hmm. I don't know why, but that's when I feel like I am creative and come up with new ideas. And, even though that the doing the email thing has the potential to lead me down another road, it, uh, it, it usually doesn't. It's not really a problem for me. And gotcha. um, so I don't think there's really anything I need to change. But having that hard stop is definitely a great idea if you're saying like, oh, I'm only going to do this till this time.
0: What I usually do with my emails is I go through quickly, look for those opportunities. Maybe, you know, my interior designer clients still email me every now and again. They're like, hey, I know you don't want to do anything anymore. Would you be interested in this? And, you know, sometimes I'll say yes. Um, but I go through my emails, and it's like if there's 10 or 20 emails, I just hit the ones that are urgent, answer right away, flag the ones that could be answered when I'm at a doctor's office within the next two weeks, and then just delete the ones that are completely worthless. So I I flag emails so that when I'm like, a lot of times I bring my car in for service, and it's like, okay, Mr. DiResta, your car will be ready in an hour. So I just sit in the waiting room, and that's when I go through all my emails that are flagged and I start answering those back, you know, those mm-hmm. ones that aren't super urgent. And, um, but that's it. I just go through and it's, it's kind of like triage. You just do triage for the emails quick, 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 and then get back on with everything
1: else. But Do you, uh, question, I, I know you guys both have multiple email addresses, but do you have like a dedicated business email address where those opportunities come in?
0: No, everything is just, it's like it's hit oh, me, it hits me in the face man. like rain. That
1: everything. sounds awful.
0: It doesn't. I mean, it's it, this is everything. This is it. Well,
1: yeah. I mean, it all. You all. Have, you have to look at all of it eventually, anyway. But so I have my personal email, but then I also have a an email that's business related stuff that I try to get things to funnel through that for you know sponsorship opportunity stuff. And the reason I do that is because then I can. I have one inbox that is fully dedicated to opportunity. Right. So like when I when you're talking about like, you know, you're excited about email because it brings opportunity. My business account is that. And so I know that if I'm looking for, you know, some sponsor related thing or I'm waiting on a sponsor to respond or something, it's coming in through this one particular channel. And so I can flip through that inbox and look for the things that matter that are timely, you know, that are time important. Look at those and not have to deal with like all the random emails that I get from every other thing that I've ever signed up for in my entire life, you know, Mm -hmm. through my personal, but
2: one of the issues is I don't know exactly how to funnel that in because so on your YouTube about page, there is a, um, for business inquiries, like there's this email address and any Yahoo can actually access that that address i used to have two forms on my website um one just a general contact form and another one for for opportunities click here and it would take you to another form and but i had them going to the the same email address so i feel like um even if i had two completely different email addresses i think i just, and i'm i'm maybe i'm wrong but i feel like people would have access to both of them and i would still have to this
0: is uh, you know you guys know i do screen grabs but now the new with the new uh with the new OS, you could draw. So I do screen grabs of emails, and I write notes right across on what I'm supposed to do with those emails. So I go back into my pictures, and I look, and I'm like, you know, things I'm supposed to
1: remember. What? That? Oh, man. Okay. <laughs> it works now, perfectly so, for me. But for, for you to get to an it- email... You have to go into your Photos app, find, flip through all these screenshots, <laughs> find one that says a handwritten follow-up on it. Then yep. you have to go find the email that r- corresponds to that in your email thing and then do work on it.
0: Takes 10 seconds. Because then I, if, if, no. I go, if I go, okay, Sponsor X, I got to remember. Then I remember, I can't remember what their name is. Sometimes it's like an advertising in-between company. So like, I think I'm talking directly to a sponsor, but I'm talking to some in-between marketing agency whose name – absolutely never sticks. I can have seven meetings with these people and their name is still zero. I don't know what their name is. I don't know what their company name is. All I know is they represent this brand. So when I go to go back, talk to them, and I Google that brand, it doesn't show up because the only emails I get is from the actual people at the company that aren't doing yeah. the deal. It's the in-between company. So that's why I do screen grabs and I'm like, this is the company that represents so-and-so and I just squiggle on it with my finger. And then when I got to follow-up, I go and I look at the name on the top of that screen grab and that's what I Google in my mailbox. Sorry.
2: No, there there are definitely so many things wrong with that. And I know Bob has so many comments. (laughs) But Jimmy is a visual guy. And to have that Mm -hmm, actual visual works for him. So, you know, everybody's different. So you got to do
0: what works for you. Like, so that works with his brain. I remember because I do screen grabs often. But now after this latest OS upload... I did a screen grab and then there's a set of pens that show up. I'm like, what? I can draw on this. Oh my (laughs) God. I've been wanting to do this like unknowingly for so long. I could say, don't forget to answer this guy's email. And I just scribble it with my fingertip. And, then I hit send, and if it's something important, I just forward it to Brett. I'm like, don't let me forget about this. And then it'll, like 10 days later, I like, weren't you supposed to? I'm like. Oh, <laughs> so God. you
1: forward, forward that to him so he can forward it to another email address so you can, so check. can remind me. Oh, my goodness. All right, this let me show amazing. you something real quick. Of course, you do it however works best for you. I'm not trying to like force my organization yeah. on you. But when you look at an email on your phone, mm-hmm. in the bottom corner, there's a little flag. See that right. flag icon? Yeah. If you hit that. Oh, I
0: flag everything. And, now I have as many flags see, as I have a emails. See, If you
1: if you flag everything, it's useless. That's like putting every piece of mail you ever get in the same basket. It's all in there. But you can use that to flag stuff that you need to follow up on. Or well, that, you know, that's whatever. what
0: I flag. I flag the ones that this is. You to laugh. I flag the ones that I could answer <laughs> in the doctor's office or at the car place.
1: Okay. Well, and and enough. I
0: screen grab the ones that I can absolutely not forget. So that's my system. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> all right, man. You do you. <laughs> that's
0: cool <laughs> I used to have anyway. a notebook that I would write addresses because I would owe people mail and stuff of, you know yeah. re, re, sometimes people ask me like the ice pick breaks and I just mail them a new one directly I don't even have to go through Scott And so I used to have a notebook with all those addresses in it and I lost that notebook so there's like still like three people that haven't gotten stuff from me so if you're one of those three people email me and then I'll screen grab it and I won't lose my phone I hope or at least I'll be able to access those those photographs eventually
1: but so. you know that now everybody who wants an ice pick for free is going to email in you and you be like, I, I was one of those people that sent you an email and you lost your notebook. And No, no, because
0: their name is also in my email, but I can't remember their name to search it to find out what the oh, address is. Oh, okay. You know I, mean? I Google ice pick and 7,000 emails show up because I've gotten so many emails without ice picks. So A foolproof plan. If I do Joe Smith ice pick replacement, then I can go, oh, that's your address.
1: Hmm. Hmm. Yep. Well, mm. So, I mean, it's, you know, I'm, I'm it's giving an it a art hard time. Form. But my, my wife and I do this type of stuff really differently. Like, she's definitely a paper calendar type person. Um, and so, you know, every year we send out Christmas cards. And every year we have the same conversation where I go, wait, if we put them in, in the computer, like in any one of a thousand formats, if we put uh, all the addresses of all the people that we send Christmas cards to, we don't have to write them. We can just print out the address and you know like every year we always have it but she wants to get a notebook and write down all the addresses for people that she wants so you write that down every year and then the next year when you make cards you have to rewrite those addresses onto the cards mm-hmm. you know and it's just like that's, we just do it differently so yeah. it's frustrating but people are different so, <laughs> <laughs> so Jimmy you and I are different mm. But.
0: And then I actually, okay, we were talking about habits, right? We're basically talking about yeah. like rituals and habits. So the rest of my day basically consists of me trying to get whatever work that is done between say like 11 and like five o'clock. And then at like five o'clock, maybe anytime between like three or four or five o'clock, we get it. We actually eat. We never eat early. Me and and Brad will be like, I'm gonna go get something to eat. I'm like, well, then grab me something. But sometimes we we all take a lunch break somewhere around three or four o'clock. We don't usually eat any earlier than that. And uh, I usually work in the shop till about seven thirty eight. And the other night, because of this rush thing, I, I came home for a couple hours. Then I went back over there at about one a.m. and I worked for about an hour. And then went home, woke up in the morning, went over there and worked a little bit because but I had to deliver that arrow thing that says push the button. But that's typically my day. I work till about about seven o'clock typically, and if Taylor comes to the shop, we stay as late as it's time for the two of us to go so cool. yeah, that's typically my day I, I wish I wish everything would start a little bit earlier, but honestly once the when the warmer weather kicks in, everything will shift to, to earlier because it's nice waking yeah. up with the sunrise and it's you know seventy degrees out that that'll definitely
1: happen and you'll want probably want more of your evenings to like actually enjoy. Since like the weather's nice and stuff,
0: I got to organize my screen grabs in the evening.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> so I'm so, so
1: curious about your morning routine, Bob. Okay, so mine, kids have to be at school early. So we get up at 6, um, 6 6.15, something like that. And then, you know, I mean, I get up and make coffee. Oh, I get up and wake them up, make sure they're out of bed, make some coffee. And then it's a matter of making sure everybody has food, everybody's dressed all that stuff, and we get them out of the house about 6.15. My wife usually takes them to school. So when she – I mean 7.15. So when she takes them, I go get on the treadmill, run for 30, 40 minutes, um, take a shower, and then more coffee. There's coffee throughout all of that. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, uh, and then end up – I mean, I don't know. It kind of depends. I, I try to get down to the shop or down to the office around – but sometimes it slips, you know, 9. Usually not past that. But um, And then when I get in, it's kind of just, it depends on the day. You know, Mondays, I know that we're going to start recording this at like 9.30, so I'm usually pretty lax because I know 30 minutes is not a whole lot of time to do a lot of stuff, you know, to like really get into something. So I'll just kind of fiddle around and answer email and all that until we start. But then on Tuesdays, where I don't have any particular, any time constraint it's just as soon as i get down here i'll just get into something and start going and i try not to like i'm really behind on email which is bad but it's because i actively don't sit down and start going through email and like try to catch up and i I know i need to and there's like people who've written me really nice emails that i need to respond to and i met a guy in target like gosh i don't know when that was october maybe and he, he was like, are you Bob? And I'm like, yeah, sure. And so we start talking, and he's he's like made a BB-8 and an R2-D2, and he's all 3D printed. And I'm like, ah, oh, sounds cool. Send me an email. I'd love to see it. So he sent me an email that day. And I looked through it, and I was like, oh, cool. I really need to respond to this guy Screen when I rabbit. have a second. <laughs>
0: I'm telling you, because then it's That's like... what I should do. It's like I a p screen- mattress. Every time you go through your pictures, you're like, God, I gotta answer that.
1: I should screen grab it, email it to you, then you can screen grab it and send it to <laughs> Brett, and then Brent, Brett can send me an email to remind me to respond to the guy. Two but, weeks um, later. Yeah, two weeks later. But <laughs> it was funny, though, because it's one of those things where I meant, to e- I meant to respond to the guy within you know a day or two. I wasn't trying to push it off. I just didn't want to like do a quick little, hey, cool, nice to meet you later. I wanted to, you know, mm-hmm. that's really good work. I want to talk to him about it. And if you're listening, dude, I'm going to respond. I'm sorry. <laughs> but it, the problem with doing it that way is that it ended up more stuff just piles on top of it, so now I have this longer list of stuff that I still need to respond to, and he's all the way at the bottom, even though he deserves first. That's why you know, I mean, response. that's why
0: you got to put a category of you know in the waiting room, waiting room emails. Those are the ones where you just go through, you knock that one out. Thank you very much. Yeah. Love well, it. I mean, I do. Yeah, that with send that. me a thing. You know what I mean? It's just
1: I flag them with different colors, so I have kind of an internal you know mm. if it's if it's orange, it's business related. If it's red, it's like a personal. You know, somebody like him who just wanted to say hi and show me his work and stuff. And so I, I will take evening. And say, okay, I'm going to go through red tonight. I'm going to respond to as many as I possibly can. Do that Mm -hmm. kind of thing, and then the orange ones are business, so I always know that I really need to stay on top of those and make sure Mm -hmm. that there's no outstanding orange emails. Um, But anyway, like he emailed me again like two weeks ago, being like, "Hey, I never heard back from you. I just want to make sure that I got the right email address." And I'm like, "Oh, I feel like a total jerk."
0: That's when you just go because it was such a simple, yeah, thirty seconds.
1: yeah, I totally agree. I should have just stopped what I was doing. You should have mailed it to me. I would and, answer. And <laughs> and that's what I'll do. I'll just start forwarding everything to you. Hi, I represent but Bob. Th- My name is Jimmy That's Harris. one of those things where, like, I, I – instead of how you were saying, you take a dedicated time at the beginning of the day to handle email stuff, you know, I don't do that, and I probably should. Maybe not daily, but I should have a standard time because I end up only doing it – really doing it in the evenings when – Everything else is kind of like done, and I can sit down, you know, and like just dedicate for a few minutes. But I really should put fifteen yeah. minutes. You got to do email you know, triage. That's what,
0: that's what we should call it. Email those triage. particular emails yeah.
1: are
2: harder to respond to because they're thoughtful, and so you right. need to put yeah. in a thoughtful response. And so it, it's you need to be not in a hurry. You you respond to those emails like when you're when you're calm and you're you're kind of relaxed. You're know, like yeah, you can respond
1: properly yeah somebody takes the time to write something to me personally i want to take the you know an equal amount of time to respond to them um but it's just hard to make that a priority when other stuff is you know around but anyway so my day is usually just kind of uh i have more of a weekly routine than a daily routine pretty much you know like we do the podcast on mondays tuesdays pretty much all shop day Uh, Wednesday is usually voiceover and live stream Thursday is video release. So there's all this like, you know, comment stuff and everything, make sure everything's ready around that. And then Friday is a pretty much dedicated shop day. And so, I mean, that, that's pretty much my routine, but most of it's really flexible. Like I'm not, you know, I'm not, I'm not caught up in those routines in that if something doesn't work or something changes, then it messes things up. I just kind of, Let things shift with it.
0: One thing, uh, usually when when it's slow in the shop and I I look around, I'm like, okay, what projects I have baked and how can I move them along? So I look around, I'm like, okay, what can I do to make this project move along in time, in the timeline of, you know, and it's also kind of because we see so many visual projects develop in front of us in the edit line. I think of it like that. I look at a project I'm like, okay, why isn't this moving along? What is the next thing that has to happen? Uh, That also is a a symptom of my clients always not necessarily giving me hard deadlines. I have a couple of clients that go, no, whenever you get it done, whenever you get it done. And so then I'll get a good start on a project and then it'll sit. And again, I've said this 10 times, this particular podcast, the cold has really considerably slowed a few projects down with glue, paint, things I can't do when it's 20 degrees out. So, But that's definitely what I look And if I say to myself, okay, for the next hour… I'm going to put time into this project and move it that much further along. And then I feel like, oh, okay, cool. I get a sense of relief knowing that that project is now inched along, whatever it might be. And then out of nowhere, sometimes projects just jump in like this arrow I got on Thursday morning and it just had to be done. And, you know, it's all hands on deck to get that done. And Brett is a great help because he's just constantly there with the camera while I'm moving along with the plastic and the welding and doing the thing I got to do. So it's, uh, you just never know. I mean, it's we should yeah. have a reality show. That would be so cool.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs>
0: Timelines, and then when we're sitting around doing nothing, we could make fun of each other and get into fights.
2: <laughs> so I'm like I'm like Bob, where I have the weekly routine, and I'm doing this particular thing on this particular day. Jimmy, is, I'm assuming you don't. You're just working on whatever is in front
0: of you at the time? Pretty much, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's just—it's just my stuff is really because uh, a lot of my work is like kind of, is client based so it's really just. Even though obviously I'm still you know full on YouTuber, but I'm just trying to fit in to. I, I also gave up a little bit of my schedule going into 2018. This is classic Duresta. I'm back to classic Coke. <laughs> I I'm just if I finish a video, I post it. I used to hold it. I mean, that, like mm-hmm. I went into that went at the end of 17, numbers were dipping a little bit, and I was like, okay, vlog, video, vlog, build video, vlog, build video. Now it's just like if I have something done, I'm posting it. If it's done, it's getting on, um, it's going up. And it's, and it's been getting a good reaction. All my numbers are starting to go into the green arrows everywhere, which is really nice because then I feel like I'm not a failure anymore. It's funny when you're like in the millions, and then if you like dip 5%, you're like, I'm going to go kill myself. Everything's horrible now. Not that bad, but you know. Don't ever say that. <laughs> no, I don't really mean it that way. But the point is, is like you're like, oh, forget it. I'll just go back to digging ditches. But it's, it's wait, stressful. You dig ditches, I'm yeah. <laughs> but that's. I mean, I also kind of stopped paying attention, close attention to the analytics, but. But it is something like if you are trying to get numbers from advertisers and stuff, you got to kind of maintain. You got because if they see your numbers dip and they're like, wait. Why are we using you? Your numbers are going down. And that's why TV ratings are so important. Hmm. But, we, you know, there's an ebb and flow. I don't know how I got into this. I'm sorry.
2: <laughs> <laughs> In the January, you always see the, the red arrows pointing down because there's uh yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah. The, um, Bob, correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I think the theory is that the… Um, Adsense advertisers uh, have a bigger budget at the end of the year for christmas and, and things like that, so CPMs go up and you're making lots more money in November
1: December, and then new budgets oh. start at the beginning of the year and things like that yeah yep totally ja- I mean consistently January is my lowest income month of the year every year mm, and cool. I think that's pretty widespread across like any any ad-related business at all. You know, I mean, I think that's just the way it is. But as spring starts to, you know, come in, all the ad budget's going to go towards that. So late February, March, you'll see those numbers rise back up. They'll go up there until early summer. They'll drop down a little bit in, like, midsummer. Like, July, August is always a little low for me, and then it starts picking up towards the holidays. It's just like these two humps throughout the year. Hmm. That's what I've seen, but...
0: Oh, and it's getting back to the routines. I usually edit at night. Taylor's usually doing some leather work or computer work right near me, so we usually sit here and chit-chat. She's working on her computer. I'm working on my computer editing. And sometimes we'll go to sleep together, and then I'll creep out of bed and come out here and edit for a couple of hours. Mm. Just so I'm not like – because it takes buku amounts of time to just edit everything. It takes forever. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, you want to try and be involved in, with your family and – then also have sol- solitary time. So I usually yeah. do that in the middle of the night when everybody goes to sleep. <laughs>
1: hmm. Cool. You guys got anything else on this? No. I don't think uh, we solved anything. No, I don't think we did
2: either. <laughs> but that was, that was a fun screen conversation.
1: Grab. It was a little bit more light. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> don't screen grab. That's what we learned. I don't have, do um, what Jimmy can does. I,
2: can you guys help me well, cheat on something maybe next week? Yeah. Um, where maybe depends. Am I gonna get arrested? <laughs> yes or no. Um, maybe uh, help me brainstorm some projects. Maybe I, yeah. I enjoy brainstorming with other people, and uh, I have a couple project ideas, but they're not special yet. And I was wondering uh. if like, if I bring them to the table, how can we make them special? And maybe if you guys have some projects, we can do that. And of course, yeah. uh, if something more timely comes up, we can push the brainstorming back. But that's my suggestion for next week.
1: Yeah, I love doing that. Let's do it. All right. Cool. Um, let me thank our Patreon supporters real quick before we talk about what we're watching, and you guys can find something to talk about in case you haven't already. You know us. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because I haven't found anything, so I'm waiting <laughs> on you to look for yours so I can look for mine. Oh boy. Um, and one th- big big thanks to our Patreon supporters, especially yep. Make Build Modify, Chad from Mancrafting. Uh Dor Sharir, Michael Schubert. Schubert, Yeah, Schubert, Works by Solo, Malton May, Corey Ward, Evan and Caitlin, and Dow. There are top you. supporters, but them and, and everybody else, uh, very grateful for the support. And if you want to help out the show, in fact, oh, let me throw this out there. <clears throat> we mm-hmm. were talking before we started recording about potentially having somebody edit the podcast and post the podcast for us to take a little bit off of our weekly commitments. That costs money. And so... That as that's something we look toward, 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 as that's something like we look towards doing to toward, toward, um, we're going to rely on the income that comes in from Patreon to do that. And, you know, the support we have is awesome. And I, so I just want to throw that out as a thank you to the people that support us on Patreon for making it possible for us to even look at having somebody else edit it. You know, that's, that's pretty cool that we can even think about that as an option. Um, so thanks to you guys. And if you want to help out with that or just support the show, you can go to patreon.com slash making it. And you also get our after show when you support us over there. Mm. 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 What you been watching? What you got? All right. Jimmy. so Or David. Go. <laughs> uh, uh, David, go. All right. David, so go. I don't have
2: uh, a particular video. I have a website. And we talked about Jason Freeney. Uh, earlier in the podcast about the, he does the like the the skeletons of cartoon characters like the Mickey Mouse and uh, there's a Mario and I'm just going to put a link to his website up here. Cool stuff, really cool stuff. It's really cool stuff. Very creative. Awesome. Yeah,
0: he's got the Lego Man skeleton. I skeleton. It's cool. Yeah. So there's, there's I've been listening to well, and, go. Oh, go ahead. I've been listening to the Maker. Is it Modern Maker podcast with Ben? And yep. Ben? And those guys yep. yeah so i've been listening to a lot of that and uh ben shouts us out often so ben thank you very much for that and the guys there thank you it's uh it's great i, I don't know how does ben so smart how does he know so much he's a super smart dude he's got a good he knows everything it. about like analytics and he had a really great take on the uh this last podcast he, they did he had a really great take on uh the new monetization requirements for smaller channels and yeah. So, it, and we haven't really talked about it, but go listen to the Modern Maker podcast. Last episode, Ben and the guys talked specifically about that and why it's not such a tragedy.
1: Yeah. I think they had a really good, a really good set of things to say about that. It was, yeah. It was well put together. They did a great job. That's a good show. I like that one a lot. Yep. Um. Yeah. So we'll put. Put Modern Maker podcast in there for sure. So um, I've talked about them a million times before, but the slow-mo guys. Yeah. yeah. So uh, there's actually two things that I really uh, enjoy that they've been doing. They have a new series, which I guess is a, I don't know if it's on a separate channel or what, but it's called the super slow mo show or something like that. And it's one of those YouTube original where YouTube is funding them to be able to do something different or something bigger. And so this series of videos are very much like their slow-mo videos, but you can tell they have money to spend on. Like they're out in the desert. They have a set. They have like bigger, crazier things. They have three or four slow-mo cameras going at the same time. And it's just really cool to see, you know, what somebody can do when they actually have money behind them to do, you know, to do things bigger and do things more in depth. But – Uh, One of their normal videos that they put out recently was just really cool. Gavin um, shows how a TV works by using a slow motion camera. And it was really cool. He shows a CRT monitor and then the more modern flat screens. And he uses the slow-mo camera to show how the screen draws and how it refreshes top to bottom, left to right. And it's just a cool way to see the technology working. And then you get get to see what happens Within a screen that your eye cannot pick up on. It's pretty cool. So I'll put both of those in there. I'll just put the slow mo guys and you can find all that stuff. Uh you guys got anything else? Um.
2: Um.
1: Uh, screen grabs.
0: Right. Screen grabs is the buzzword of the week. I wish I could just draw I wish I could just like draw on things. You know how like sometimes somebody hands you like a photograph? They just hand you, like, an old photograph that's, like, curled up on the, the edges. last time somebody handed me a photograph. <laughs> no, but that, or, or even, like, a driver's license. And then you just, like, go like this to see closely, because I have bad eyes. So, like, somebody hands me anything, I immediately just pinch it and try and spread it open. <laughs> really? I, I, I've done that. <laughs> like, oh, here, look at this postcard. And I'm like, oh, that's cool. And I just try to make it bigger. I'm like, oh, wait, that's a postcard. I can't make it bigger.
1: Oh, wow!
0: So I wish I could just draw on things now with my fingertip. Like, if, like I can right here on the tip of my computer. And go, oh! And then I wouldn't have to like remember where all my sharpies are. Hmm. Mm. Cool. <laughs> now hey. every time I open a sharpie, there's a damn
1: razor blade in its place. Well, Careful. whose fault is that? Yeah. <laughs> all right, well, that's it for this week, guys. I think. Thanks for listening. Later. I, I love See screen grabs.
0: You like, <laughs> like screen grabs? You love screen grab spot
1: No. No. They just get in my way and I have to delete them later.